0: Hello everyone, I'm Farzan Omid director of the short film, "Songs Sparrow, that I hope you've already watched. Um, let me start by thanking Professor Milani for providing me this great opportunity. Also, his wonderful colleagues, uh, Ms. Parhat, Ms. Daryabari, Mr. Razadi and Mr. Eriko. It is a, really a privilege to be here today. Um, miss Parhad kindly introduced me, but again, for those who just join us, I was born in Iran and um, moved to Denmark years later in 2009. Um, here I did masters in design and innovation, and then I finished my PhD studies in mechanical engineering and design at uh, Technical University of Denmark. But turn of events and having some. Um, wonderful teachers and friends, namely my dear mentor, Rehruz Gharipur, and my dear Manirura Ganipur, let my career path to be here today as a filmmaker among you. Uh, okay, let's get back to the film. I had initially planned to talk about um, how hard it is to be a female director or producer, especially when you're new to this field, or how difficult it is to finance your film project and bring your ideas to life, or about the efforts that you have to put to be seen within all the festivals and platforms that are not used to um, showcase films with uh, unfamiliar techniques could also talk about my um, own experiences and how hard it is to be an Iranian filmmaker while some parts of your inspirations, crew and production are in Iran. The country that um, its political establishments does not might not necessarily approve your ideas. Mm, but eventually I decided to take a step back. From my challenges, and uh, talk about Song Sparrow and its entangled form and content. And talk about many in the modern world who um, do not have an effective control on their lives more than my puppets. I would also like to talk about how um, interesting was to see that audiences, especially younger generations in the different parts of the world, were able to sympathize with the suffering of a group of puppets. I've been asked several times that um, why puppets are used for such a tragic topic, or uh, why the puppets that are used in the film are so incapable of. Um, free movements, and um, here I'd like to discuss these matters. Um, If we zoom into individual lives in many parts of the world, a little control over the events of lives can be found. Many, for instance, in my region Middle East, are even less certain about their tomorrow than they were, for example, 50 years ago. One might say that the modern technology have brought a sense of predictability to some part of the world, while the rest of the people live in a more chaotic world. We came into a new century with a huge confidence and expectation brought by all the post World War technological uh, advancements that many of the historical mistakes are not going to be repeated or All the events are going to be more under control, at least in a general perspective. We can um, communicate and find information much easier than our previous generations. We are um, able to predict many natural or social phenomena, and yet it is not what we or many expected to be. Um, Some Stoic philosophers, for example, talk about the dichotomy of control and differentiating between the things that are out of our control in life and matters that we have actually choice. Um, While the world events are inherently unpredictable, people are prone to believe that they could control their lives through their mindful choices or for example, through their hard work. They tend to believe that we're not living in a true man show uh, but how much control an ordinary individual living in a war-plagued or corrupt country, for example, Syria, Yemen, Afghanistan, or Venezuela has in this world? Are many of us more than just puppets manipulated by the powers? The powers that are out of our control, and we might even not know them. Romans gods and goddesses have turned to uh, modern entities such as multinational corporates, bringing catastrophes and um, punishments on the people. My actually, my immigrant puppets in the film were luckier than many of their peers, while they found themselves on um, the horns of dilemma. At least they got a chance. However, they were not offered better choices than um, staying and risking their lives or embarking on a journey that might cost their lives or their loved ones. What I like to emphasize in Song Sparrow and also uh, in my previous work uh, was to show that, like the puppets that are used in the film, many of us are limited in some ways, in many aspects. Yes, it is true that we, can make choices in our everyday life, but um, putting them aside, the movements that matter or the choices that could define our life trajectory are quite limited. We are often just observers in the flow of events. Therefore, I wanted to show that, I wanted to show this um, inevitability by having puppets, the puppets that, Um, are not able to move freely and are limited to minimal movements, such as, for example, looking around, watching or blinking in order to say that those refugees who put their lives in danger in search of a better life or in hope of a better future were in fact gambling, or perhaps they were um, stubbornly staring into destiny's eyes and they went as far as they could to turn a blind eye to the world. Um, As you might notice, even the facial maybe rather the puppet characters were also fixed and with no change because um, I wanted the last image that is etched in the minds of these people to be the last face with which they um, end the story. Speaking of the story, I have to say that the film was uh, based on real, based on a real event that happened in two thousand fifteen in Austria, and um, later again in two thousand nineteen in Ireland. In the first incident, seventy one refugees were found dead in the back of a refrigerated lorry. They um, suffocated in the back of a truck. They were mainly from Syria, Afghanistan, and Iraq. And again, in 2019, where Song Sparrow was having its festival tour, uh, we heard about another tragic event, where um, 39 Vietnamese migrants died of hypoxia and hypothermia in the back of the truck. Um, These incidents are just a small portion of uh, this crisis. According to um, UN Refuge Agency, uh, by the end of 2019, uh, nearly 80 million people were forced to flee from their home. 80 million, imagine, almost the same population as my home country. And it gets more bitter as the situation is getting worse as we move forward the number of refugees worldwide has nearly doubled since 2010 and 40% of of that 80 million were under 18. So in my idea, we are living in an unjust world with a barren desert on one side and a fertile middle on the other side separated by invisible walls. While these two lands might be similar in many ways, the walls are raised further to ensure that only one of these lands is benefiting from the resources and the other one is staying out of supply or in short supply. Resources are not distributed equally and fairly between these two lands. So um, in Sound Sparrow, by placing the driver character in the front part of the truck and also refuges in the back of the truck, I wanted to portray two different words that are only as far apart as a thin iron wall. But um, what happened, and these two words are totally different from each other, Uh, The aim was to show the contrast between these two worlds. Also, uh, the different understanding of the inhabitants of these two sides from each other. But I believe this should not be the end of the story or just a headline in the news. I believe the answer to this injustice is not being idle or indecisive, if, if our, our political leaders are incapable, we should take a stand. We should spread the word that enough is enough and people are suffering. It might need more bravery from many to escape from this um, gray zone and speak gladly and act about what is moral and what is not. Uh, okay, I spoke about um, a bitter and gloomy world, but It is also easy to find bits of hope if one looks around. I got super happy and very excited when Song Sparrow was invited and screened in different children's film festivals and also schools around the world. Uh, While Song Sparrow is really a bitter movie, and I myself was not sure about. Um, its perception among the younger generation. They uh, made the best connection and um, interpretation of the film and its content. Even, uh, even though the film was not initially made for them, children could perfectly connect to the film and its message. And uh, I believe This shows that younger generation are actually interested in the serious issues in the world. And maybe it's our responsibility to draw their attention towards all the injustices in the world that have lasted for centuries. Maybe in this way, we um, progress into a slightly more just and fair world. I um, really hope that this long talk Could cover some of the questions regarding the film content and the use technique in the film. Um, Actually, it was not easy at all to use this technique. However, after um, almost a year since the first screening of the film, I am so happy that all the efforts um, paid off in the end. I believe that um, the speechless puppets were loud enough, to convey their message, and finally, if watching the death of the puppets was um, not easy for some of you, um, at least I hope that it had the influence that I wished. Um, I have to say that it was not also easy for me to make this film. I was under a huge physical, mental, and emotional pressure during the production of it. I almost died several times in order to portray one-time death of those refugees in the film. The whole process of making the film uh, took me around two years. Uh, Through writing the script for each of the characters, I lived the life from birth to the point that they were waiting for the truck. Um, I was there when uh, they one by one came to life. I introduced them to each other when, for example, for the first time they could see and blink. I was uh, cheering with all of them when they started to roll their eyes. So yes, uh, my movie immigrants were much more than puppets to me. I um, lived with them for two years, day and night. We traveled together, from Denmark to Iran, back and forth. They are truly immigrants. Um, They have been several, uh, they have have seen several countries and they have crossed many borders with me. They were witnesses of my laughs and cries during the production of the film. And also after that. So imagine, uh, it was a huge emotional burden to see them uh, when they were, suffering or even preparing them to be frozen. It was so weird. So, Sparrow* is more than a film to me and I really hope that you also liked it. Thank you so much for listening and I happily look forward to hearing your comments and questions, thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Barnia. We do have several questions for you from the viewers. One viewer writes, I appreci- appreciate such an outstanding work you have done. It truly and also emotionally shows a piece of our world's darkness. At the same time, a glimpse of hope is obvious in the film. So please accept my sincere congratulations. I'm just curious to know what the reason is behind naming the movie Song Sparrow.
0: Uh, yes, song sparrow, what does it mean? And why song sparrow? Um, in some uh, Persian news, even they translate it as song of the sparrow, which is actually not correct. Um, as you know, uh, most of the sparrows do not travel more than a few kilometers during the lifetimes. times. Uh, sparrows are actually not migratory birds, but there are American species. Who migrate. Uh, they are called song sparrows. During the winter, they um, travel or migrate to the southern part of the uh, United States and also Mexico, and uh, they intermingle with the native non-migratory population. As they travel, they face to they confront many risk threats, and challenges. Many of them can't make it to the final destination. And eventually, a small flock of them uh, reach the final point, just like human beings. And uh, that's the reason that I choose Songs Sparrow as the name for this film.
1: Thank you. How difficult was it for you to tell? These are two questions that are similar about the ending of the film. One viewer asks, How difficult was it to tell a well known story whose ending is already known? And another viewer writes, The last images add hope to a story that had a grim ending. Why did you decide to end it that way?
0: Um, I forgot the first question, but I'm sorry, start- I start with the last one. <laughs> Um the last question was why ending the film this way? Um, okay, one might say that the ending means um, having a baby alive at the end is some kind of hope. Yes, it could be hope. It is also for me, I mean, to me, I wanted to show the immigration cycle, something that is not going to be stopped unless the situation is going to change. So we will have the immigration, it's not the end of the story, it's not one story unfinished. So we will have more as we have every day, stories about immigration, tragic events. So for me, it was also that iteration, but also a sign of hope that one day eventually we overcome all the challenges and all the problems and hopefully we will, have a better
1: world. Thank you. We have many other questions. Another viewer is asking, did you make all of the puppets yourself? And can you talk about the process a little bit?
0: Uh, yes, I made puppets and I wanted to be from different nationalities. The puppets are very big compared to the puppets that are used for uh, stop motion. Uh, these puppets are quite big. They're around um, 60, 70 centimeters. And um, uh, no thread, no string, or no stick is used for manipulation of the puppets, for playing the puppets. So, what I used for the eyes, for blinking and also moving the eyeballs was um, animatronics, um, animatronic equipment. So, uh, we developed something for the eyes in order to and make the puppets be able to blink uh, and we remotely controlled all the blinking things. And um, consequently, the sets and the core was so big, so huge. I had the trees around two meters and I had to make like 300 little houses or 400 different trees or flowers, 700 flowers. Everything was so difficult and time consuming and energy consuming. So um, I made the puppets myself, also the set, but I also had the help of uh, some friends for some of the things, but the puppets that you asked, yes.
1: Thank you. How do you see your role as an innovator storyteller? How does your engineering background inform your filmmaking process and mindset?
0: First of all, uh, because I did a PhD, when you do a PhD, you learn how to manage a project, how to start a project, how to deal with it, and how to finish it in a good way and acceptable way. So um, the biggest thing that I'm using from my background, apart from being engineering or not, is that thing that I learned how to manage a project and how to finalize it. Uh, But engineering, because I have a background from fine art faculty. I did my bachelor from fine art faculty and it was a um, long journey for me being from fine art faculty to engineering um, and technical university. But uh, right now I'm using the technical background in developing the animatronic things. For example, for my next film, which is going to be a short film, I'm also working on some other part of the animatronics. I still want the puppets to be not that active and um, free to move. But um, if I want to develop, for example, a new creature, I um, need to think about different kind of movements or things. So that way I'm using my background engineering and mechanical things to um, work on the animatronic
1: parts. That's great, thank you. A viewer writes, congratulations for doing a great job with this movie. In one of the segments, you had a puppet tear down an Iranian passport. This segment hit me hard. What made it real was the excellent quality of forming the passport artifacts. Can you talk more about the details that had gone into making such artifacts, which had such a great impact on this beautiful movie?
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, Yes, the passport was uh, one of the things that we um had different ideas on uh, and is it going to be really um, kind of identical passport as what we have or it's going to be something specifically for the world of puppets in fabric maybe but finally we decided to make something that is more familiar uh, for the audience so we actually copied um, keeping all the security things in mind, <laughs> we copy the passport and um, um, I um, made a photography of one of the puppets, actually the owner, passport owner. And uh, we randomly put some information on that. Any of the information um, is correct. So um, we don't know such a name and surname and with the specifications like different uh, birth date or whatever. And um, yes, it it is a reality that happens to um, many people, people, I've heard that people who um, try to flee from their countries on the way they decide to um, ruin their passport or just get rid of the things that they don't want or they might be the cause of problem the next step. So. Uh, um, and the puppets also did that. And um, maybe it was some sort of saying goodbye to that country. Or uh, as you may notice, the puppet was with hijab and a passport. But in the real life, close to the truck, it was without hijab. And she was um, heading to somewhere to have more freedom, maybe to be the real herself. So uh, by cheering the passport, I wanted to show that she's literally saying goodbye to everything and there
1: is no way back. Thank you. Speaking of the hijab, one viewer writes, when the mom took her hijab to save her child, was does it have any metaphorical meaning? Um,
0: yes and no, yes, because uh, when you're in the situation that you have to save your life, you might do anything. Even um, we decided to, at some point, we decided to um, make the puppets naked and push them towards each other in order to um, provide, the, for example, the opportunity for them to make them warmer. Because um, people who often go to mountains and maybe they know better. to, um when you are in a situation that is very cold and you have no other way to keep each other warm you have to touch your i mean you have to put your bodies in touch with each other so that way you can uh, transform transfer the warmth of your bodies to each other so we decided to do that but again we decided not to go that far and um just limited to the mother and the baby. So uh, the mother had no other way uh, than um, taking something, uh, it could be it's clothes or uh, scarf or anything to keep the baby warm and uh, she did that. And um, when you're talking about saving your life, maybe sometimes you ignore whatever you believe or, you just go for something that is better for you in that situation. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I wanna read two comments before we get back to the questions. One viewer writes, I hope you attain the Oscar prize, not because of its value, but because the win will reach a big audience. And um, a previous viewer writes an explanation of the previous question that we were discussing. They write, every film or narrative has a plot and suspense as a key trope to make the work interesting. When we already know the ending, keeping the suspense and interest of the audience is more difficult. So your success in keeping our interest is even more impressive. And then to, to turn back to the questions, um, we've had a few questions asking how you say song Sparrow and Farsi.
0: It's a good question because as I said um, uh, in the first question in some uh, Persian media they translate it as the Song of Sparrow which is the name of another great film, is a great film Song of Sparrow. But um, uh, maybe we can translate it as um, the sparrow that sings because it's like uh, my names, like my, you want to translate Farzaneh to another language, so it's Farzaneh anyway. So song sparrow is the name of that um, creature, it's the name of that bird. So um, I myself uh, kept it as song sparrow, even writing in Farsi. But if someone wants to translate it, maybe it's better to say Gonteshka uh, Abaza Khan.
1: Yeah. Thank you. One viewer writes, um, you mentioned Monira Ravanipur and they ask, how did she influence your work?
0: Yeah, when I um, started making dolls, making puppets in 2015, which is not that far from now, I um, at the same time, I was attending a workshop um, managed by Monira Ravanipur. So uh, in that time, I started uh, writing short stories and sometimes I um, used to make puppets as the characters for my stories and sometimes the other way around making the puppets and writing short stories based on them and Moniru was actually one of the greatest teachers that I've ever had. She was so responsible, kind, so serious and um, very supportive and uh, she was actually really nice and um, helpful for me to start my career um, in writing and to Get the courage that, okay, I can't write, I can't do the things. So that way I also um, work more serious uh, on uh, making puppets and finally merge these two and make films.
1: Thank you. Um, Actually, I think Monura is watching the event and she writes in, thank you, Farzaneh. I'm proud to be your teacher. In your life, you prove that there is no limit to human beings' commitment and creativity. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> a comment from another viewer says a beautiful film. Thank you. I didn't expect to connect to the puppets and be so affected emotionally. Um, another viewer writes, is Dr. Omidvarnia planning to extend this movie to include educational programs and use the puppets to tell the story of refugees to be used at schools?
0: Um, actually, this film was invited to many schools, to many school programs and educational programs uh, apart from the festivals for youth and children. So if the question is that um, um, there is any possibility for this film to be screened somewhere, yes, of course, I would be really happy to help to develop a program for children. But if uh, he or she means that I'm going to make another film, educational film for the children. um, Yes, I might do that in future, not necessarily for my next project, but definitely yes, because I got really great feedbacks from this film, uh, from the younger generation, from the younger audiences, even though I really didn't expect to get that feedback, but it was really great. And I got motivated to go further and make uh, some more things, some more films using puppets um, for the children, for an educational purposes. Thank
1: you. A One viewer writes, are the blondness and redness of the hair of the puppets smugglers meant to signal the ethnicity of the smugglers and inhabitants of the rich countries, the migrants' destination? I guess so, but would like to hear the artist's take.
0: <laughs> um, okay, I had um, from different nationalities, um, in the film from Afghanistan. I had an Arab character, I had black characters, I had even with hijab or different types of, you know, I had a um, gay couple in my film, if anybody noticed. So I wanted to have every kind of people. But um, having a specific color um, for the driver, um, honestly, yes, I wanted to show that because um, I didn't want to uh, specify any location that my movie is going to happen there uh, or any um, specific time. But about the nationalities, I wanted to be um, kind of fair because I picked the refugees from those um, areas or those regions that are really in danger and they are war plagued or um, broken countries. So. I had to, as I said, put the characters in contrast with um, some other characters while living in another land, in a more prosperous land, so I um, kind of put those, even I wanted to have the, black, the blue eyes for the driver, but um, the eyes that I was going to use got broken, so I couldn't. So um, it doesn't mean anything necessarily, doesn't mean that I'm against any uh, specific nationality or I'm talking about racism or something like that. But um, yes, I wanted to show that. For example, um, this is happening around the border of um, Hungary and I'm having someone from uh, Europe as a driver. So, um, yes.
1: Thank you. We have just a few minutes left, so I want to leave it with two questions and you can answer either one or both. So, Your educational background isn't directly in film. What first made you interested in making films? And then if you'd like to say a few words about what you're working on now or any upcoming projects you have.
0: Yes, I um, yes, I don't have any education or any even any workshop or anything in uh, making films. The only thing that I learned was from. my mentor who uh, tried to teach me some of the basic things, which was actually the first and the most important things that I learned to start my career as filmmaker. Um, And um, it makes everything for me more difficult because I have to read a lot, I have to watch a lot, and I have to think about everything. But on the other hand, I think because I didn't learn anything, Officially and academically, maybe I can come up with something sometimes a little bit more innovative, maybe. And um, about the next project, now I'm working on a pre-production of another short. Again, this short is going to be totally independent, at least for now. And it's gonna be something a little bit happier compared to uh, the films that I've made so far. And um, I'm almost finishing the scene and the set and also the puppets. So if Corona let me, I plan to finish it uh, during the summer. So let's see what will happen.
1: That's wonderful, thank you. I think we have um, way more comments and questions than we can get to, but so many viewers are writing and, and saying how much they enjoyed the film, how impressed they are with your work, um, looking forward to your future projects. So we just wanna thank you for spending this time with us, for sharing your film with us and wish you the very best of luck with it and your future projects. Um, this conversation has been recorded, so we will share it um, for anyone who joined us late. Um, thank you, Dr. Varnia. We hope we can see you at Stanford in person next time.
0: Thank you so much for having me here. It was a great honor. And thank you so much, um, uh, the audience, the great audiences. And I really hope that you enjoyed the film.